It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody, and good morning to everybody that is, uh, if it's still morning for you, because that's when uh, we're doing this. We're very excited. It's Go Birds number six, John Barchard, James Seltzer here with you, and, uh, it's time to preview <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, I guess. You know, I mean, there's I it's so weird, James. I'm more interested in like kind of the the chaos that the Browns have uh, are, are creating. Just not not even really chaos. It's just a magnet in the NFL right now. The hard knocks. They've got national TV. I mean, the PR department knew what they were doing this year. You got a number one quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And uh, we'll talk to Jeff Lloyd uh, later on from Locked on Browns. Just to kind of get their perspective on this thing too, but uh, I, I just has it been resolved yet? I mean, Wentz is clearly the winner, and the Eagles were clearly the winner in the trade. Even though there are a lot of people in Cleveland and a lot of national pundits that still say, "Hey, you know, it was okay to pass up on Wentz because they still have a dearth of talent or a, a, a humongous amount of talent." No, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> really. Go birds, first of all. Yeah, go birds. And uh, I mean, that is just as moronic as it gets. Yeah, fine. You guys take the guys you got, you got, and we will take the best quarterback in the NFL for the next fifteen uh, years. It's basically the same. Thanks. <laughs> We're good. I mean, that's just so. It just get over it. Just admit the loss. We say this all the time. Kean Fahey, where you at? Just take the L, man. Take the L, Cleveland. You lost it. We got wins. You don't. Be happy with the future. I think, like you said, look, this is the first time in a long time that, and while there is still some some Browns jokes out there, this is the first yeah. time in a long time that through the John Dorsey of it all and, and the PR and getting a new quarterback and all that type of stuff, I think this is the first time in a long time you could be a Browns fan and, and maybe possibly think things could get better. Uh, Hugh Jackson's still your coach, so who knows? Yeah, until you but, watch that first episode of But no matter what happens, no matter what happens, there, the, the, it's over. It's done. Carson Wentz, that was the side of the trade you wanted to be on. 
Uh, certainly. And uh, we had some good news kind of come back to us uh, yesterday, actually, on Monday, where Carson Wentz is back doing 11 on 11s. What? Doesn't mean that uh, he's been cleared for contact and probably won't right up until, I would I would suppose, week one. But, you know, this is kind of the, the tired and wired storylines that we've been saying for a while is everybody's going to be worried about Carson Wentz's health. Um, I'm at the point now where I just, I go, that's fine. Like, that's great. He's progressing along just fine. And you want that news, and that's all good and dandy, but it's not going to matter to me until two weeks from now, James. That's what I'm still focused on, and um, we're probably going to see a lot more Nate Sudfeld. Um, maybe, uh, maybe I don't know, are they going to have Nick go for two, more than a quarter? I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen on Thursday night, but, um, you know, I'm just I'm just waiting until Carson says he's good to go, and until then, this is all just... A, a nice big evaluation period for the rest of the roster to me. I mean, I'm not I'm not really interested in much else until I hear that news. Yeah, obviously. I, it's the new will he or won't he. You yeah. know, it's just play instead of something else. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think that uh, it's been such a roller coaster back and forth. And just the fact, again, taking a step back of it, divorcing yourself from will he play, won't he play, the fact that we're even discussing Ken Carson Wentz play on September 6th after tearing his ACL and LCL and it's all amazing. that in December is, is ama- it's absurd. It's ridiculous. It is, again, as we've talked about, a human marvel, the ability to f- heal faster than normal human beings because you're a genetic freak, because you work your ass off, all that type of stuff. So, uh, But I think you're right, John. I think we're at the point where we've had so much back and forth, and, and I think part purposefully from the team not trying to give Atlanta anything to prepare for you got to get ready for Wentz get ready for Foles you don't know what's going to happen but I'm done trying to read the tea leaves as it were you know as I've said for a while 51-49 Foles to open the season but again that's 51-49 I could see it being either of them who knows at this point Uh, like you said I'm just ready for the Carson Wentz is cleared for hitting he's playing football again some other things that uh, happened in the past couple of days where uh, Big V just, just, just being honest. I guess I just kind of took it easy. Thought it was gonna be another. I don't know. I just, I wasn't ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just got to treat every day like we never went to Super Bowl. I wasn't doing what the coach asked me to do. I was just doing wasn't myself. I couldn't bounce back. Uh, usually I bounce back, but I couldn't the whole night. So I was just embarrassed. I didn't really want to watch it, but I had to. I got to critique myself. You know, stop talk to me and. We'll get better from there. It was a disastrous PR type of thing in the sense of, like, <laughs> be smarter, bro. Even if you didn't do yeah, that, don't, don't say, say that. that to the media. I'm, like, not, I'm not letting him go on this one. What are like. you doing? <laughs> but I'm with you. Look, I, I, Big V, at least from an on-the-field perspective, I know a lot of people are freaking out. Look, he stepped in twice in two straight seasons as a rookie and then in his second year and, and filled in admirably. I'm willing to believe that when the lights are bright and all that, Big V will be okay as a swing tackle to begin with. Yeah. But um, yeah, just just man, keep your mouth shut, bro. Like, yeah, and no upside there. When we're praising you on the preview pod leading up to that football game, you know, give us uh, give us some slack here. Yeah, Big v. if nothing else, come do on, it man. for us, Big V. I mean, come on, man. Uh, and not that you needed the confirmation, but Jim Schwartz also saying he's had, if not the best, one of the best all seasons of any of our players. Um, going back to first day of um, phase one and then phase two phase three mini camp training camp been very consistent um came to us late last year was sort of thrown into the into the fire then got hurt and missed a lot of time it was a difficult situation we're really excited about where he is it's been true since otas it continues on and 
Um, that's a, a thing I'm obviously focusing on in this one, and it doesn't. I don't think it surprises anybody. And Jim was really honest about the things we know about Darby. He needs to turn some of those pass breakups into interceptions, and he knows that. I know that. Uh, I don't know if his hands do or not, but I, I don't. I don't know what to make of the second. My mind changes every five seconds. Like I still want them to take a long look at this. Uh, it is. It still seems like Sidney Jones is obviously not destined to play on the outside. There's a lot of just. Um, I, I don't know how this competition is going to end because now you have Maddox again uh, playing really well outside. Even though I know that they specifically want him just to be the nickel starter for uh, the foreseeable future, and feels like we're always talking about the numbers game part of this. But is there is there any way that they trade Razul Douglas rather than any of the other depth at CB that you keep talking about? You know, you had Jason Lock and Four. They're star hunting, and we've been over that a couple of times, but. Um, you know, it just did it seem like everybody kept saying, oh, it sounds like the coach is, uh, is uh, really just propping this guy up for an eventual trade or whatever. I don't really see that. I think it was just telling the truth about what Ronald Darby is. Uh, we keep waiting for something to happen. Is something going to happen here, James? I don't think so. Honestly, I think, I think we're so the, I think they're just going to keep a really nice cornerback room and have a lot of depth at that position. We've seen how injuries can hurt teams. Obviously, last year at cornerback for the first half of the season, Darby out. Uh, also, I just don't know what the market is for Rasul Douglas right now. A guy you drafted... In One the- million first-round picks. Right, exactly. You drafted yeah. him in the third round two years ago. What's the best The best you could do? A seventh on the market? I mean, right. max, like, cash considerations or something like that. So I just don't see the upside to making that move right now. I'd rather just keep my depth, keep a guy who knows your system, keep a guy who may not be the guy you want in there, but if forced into action, we know at least can be somewhat competent in certain situations. So... My guess right now with the way it's shaking out is that this team feels very good about that room and they have, I think that, that, look, the guys who are probably going to make the team have stood out. I think those five guys with Bosby, Maddox, uh, excuse me, those six guys with Bosby, Maddox, and and Douglas are the, it's five of those six or six of those six and I think that's how it's going to play out. All right. well, uh, I know that we're watching a a bunch of different stuff, but we welcome back during the preseason and throughout the season, hopefully. It's time for, <laughs> as it's going off in my hand, Stephen Lee's Keys. Stephen Lee's Keys. I'm Stephen Lee of the Go Birds podcast, and here are my three keys. Sustainability for Shelton Gibson. Shelton Gibson might be the most surprising of all players in the Eagles training camp and preseason to date. The former fifth-round pick was underwhelming in his rookie campaign, but has put together a strong and consistent performance after totaling seven catches for 167 yards and two touchdowns through two preseason games. Beyond his stats, though, Gibson just looks like an NFL wide receiver. He's decisive, comfortable, and his route running and footwork have been impressive. Mac Hollins is having a fairly quiet camp, and Marcus Wheaton and Kamar Aiken haven't combined for a single catch. While this is good news for Gibson, as he's all but confirmed a spot on the 53-man roster, he must continue to separate himself from the pack if he's going to earn meaningful snaps in the regular season. Yeah, and this is, I mean, we've uh, we've talked about that at length, and it's a great point by Steven, is just, you know, this is, I'm, I'm, Steven, he's, Gibson's already made the roster, in my mind. I don't think he's got to prove... Uh, much else unless he has like a, a disastrous uh, game Even here. then, I think he's in. I agree. Uh, they're going to need him at some point, too. Like you said, Wheaton, there's Hollins that's still kind of up in the air who's been out. Nelson Aguilar's been out. I don't think, and I know you don't think that Alshon Jeffrey is going to be there week one. I think that's a pretty strong bet at this point. 
yeah, uh, it, it's, it'd be nice to see, obviously. And um, maybe you get some. What I want to see now is I think Shelton Gibson's earned snaps with the one. That's what. That's the point, right? Because like we know that him and Nate Sudfeld can get it done, especially against twos and threes or whatever it is in, in the league in these preseason games. That that connection works, and that's great to have. But I'm with you. Look, if, especially if Alshon misses a game, two games, whatever it is. You know, Hollins has been on and off the field in practice. Aguilar been on and off the field in practice. You expect these guys to be ready for the season, but there's a real good chance if Alshon's not ready for a couple games or whatever, that you do need Sheldon Gibson to contribute, and you're going to need to contribute with the ones. So I'm with you. It's not as much that I need to see him have another good game, which we've seen enough. We've seen it in practice. We've seen all of it. I just want him to get some reps with the ones, whether we see it in the pre... And you want to see it on Thursday night, Certainly. but just in general, in practice, the 11-11s, all that, you want to see him start to have a rapport with Foles, with Wentz, with the quarterbacks who likely will be starting and obviously playing the season. And this uh, ties in, and you can uh, ask us any questions throughout the week at Go Birds Pod. This is from Nikki G at Nikki Guerrero. Today, uh, who do you think will not be healthy enough to go uh, in the opener. We mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, we're Journing it, obviously, I guess, without saying. Yeah, not not going to be there. Um, I wonder if there's going to be any interesting surprises. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Mac Hollins is Ooh, not going to be there for the opener. That just, w- well, that'd be a big role for Sheldon Gibson, If again, as we're talking about yeah, here. Because, well, then, they, yeah, the, then have he's going to gonna have to be in there. Uh, I think at that point, maybe you see a little more Dallas Goddard kind of phased in there right away. I'm just going on this based on, you know, uh, it seems like there's something that's really bothering him. Uh, I don't think that it's uh, anything that's, you know, major, or but just something for a couple, you know, one of those things where uh, a pulled hammy or something like that, a leg issue, an ankle issue, or whatever. Um, but other than that, um, I'm still a little skeptical on BG. Still think he's going to be there for I week one? I think he'll be there if I had to bet on it. Uh, uh, I don't know if anybody else is is going to surprise us, though. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, I think it's so hard to tell right now as, as you don't really know if these guys are holding them back because they might look. The coaching staff just might say, hey, we know Matt Collins is making this team. We know what he gives us. We don't need to see it right now. And thus, we're being extra careful with him. So you just don't know. Or with you know other, some other guys on the roster. I, I'm with you, though. There's no one other than Alshon as the clear guy in Jernigan for longer. Um, and obviously, we've talked about Graham off the pup list. I feel good about the signs for Brandon Graham, even if he's not full load. I think he can give you snaps Ooh, week one. Full load. Full what's, what, load. What's half load Brandon Graham look like? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, number, oh, sorry. Do you have more? No, that was it. Okay. More so, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, that Alshon, the the clear one outside of that, I don't know if there's... And Jernigan, not even counting in the situation. Yeah, I've already made the prediction that Jernigan's not going to play yeah. uh, snap of this Be- year. Best case scenario, he's he's back halfway through the season, like best, best case. So uh, I think Alshon, if I had to bet, would be the only big name you don't see week one. I mean, provided between what happens now and then, obviously. Certainly, absolutely. Key number two, Nate Sudfeld's development. This is no surprise to anyone at this point, but Nate Sudfeld is a good quarterback, not a good camp arm, not a good quarterback three if he were somehow thrust into a real game. No, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't Matt Barkley. He's a good quarterback. With the opportunity to step out of the shadows of Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, the third-year Indiana alum has all but proven he's worthy of being this team's backup when Foles inevitably leaves in free agency next offseason. His stats have impressed, but it's his poise, decision-making, and ability to make big-time throws that have really won this coaching staff and fan base over. While not likely to play too much in the fourth game, and hopefully not at all in the regular season, it's important he finished this preseason the way he started it. 
comfortable and confident. Yeah, I mean, Nate's been the story of the offseason, which everyone predicted. Uh, uh, on studies, no, baby. Uh, I know, speaking of which, uh, Jeff Lloyd is coming up in a little bit, was a huge Nate Sudfeld fan, and he planted his flag early, I think, in 2016. See, this guy's got it. Wow. This guy's going to be something, so we'll, uh, I'm going to let him bask in the when Lord. he's at Indiana, that's very impressive to I say. Know, I mean, jeez, no one thinks any know. Indiana quarterback's ever going to be anything. <laughs> I don't know Antoine why. Antoine Randall-L. That's why I wanted to see, like, what did you see to make you, like, so, he was the only draft guy that I knew who said, this is the one. Yeah, Nate has been, um, and everybody said it, too. It's not just, I think I had a hard time believing the hype early on. When they're saying this guy, we don't view this guy as just a backup. We view this guy as a potential starter. The amazing scouting and work that the Eagles had done amazing. just to go find, hey, we want to find a developmental quarterback that we can, you know, make into that role. Um, and I still wonder why he did have an option to go to the Colts. And if you wanted to try and start, maybe that's probably your best bet because you didn't know what Andrew Luck's. Uh, you know, ab- abilities were at that point. You had Jacoby Brissett um, that eventually got into that role, but they didn't have anybody. If you wanted playing time early, so um, and there was a rumor, wasn't there a rumor that Cousins told him not to sign or just to stay away from Washington too? Like, just get out. I of didn't here. hear that, but it would totally. I, I mean, it's very believable. Like Cousins made it very clear how he feels about Washington, and then obviously left them as immediately as he could. Uh, but to me, I just out of this game, you just want to see Nate. In uber consistency, the the downfield throws have been outstanding, and people yell out, "Well, it's against second and third string guys," and that's when he get yeah. But they're you still got to make the play and the throw the Sheldon Gibson from his own one to uh, the middle of the field. It was tight coverage, so. A lot of tight coverage. Yeah, man. I'm just looking for more consistency out of Nate. Honestly, that's it. Yeah, it's it. Literally, that's it. Because we know he can make the big boy throws. We talked about this. That throw, the throw to Richard Rodgers in the end zone, the Rashard Davis throw. I mean, he and, uh, and the other throw to Sheldon Gibson. The uh, he had some grown man NFL throws. He has the arm to make those type mm-hmm. of throws. But you're right. It's some of the little stuff. It's it's the screens. It's the being in the right place, at the right time for the the shorter type routes. All that type of stuff that. Sudfeld seems to have a little consist, a little issue with consistency. Sometimes sales some balls on certain certain throws. You just want to see him work on the the consistency, the technique, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, look, the upside is great. And and again, shout out to to the to the scouting staff, to Howie, to Joe, all those guys because um, finding a six round quarterback that another team doesn't want that you can go in and take and turn into a, a potential legitimate asset down the road is a really valuable thing. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah. It took me a second because I just going to say DJ and then I thought of Full House and then it's early in the morning I was like wow grab some coffee but uh, Daniel Jeremiah has said multiple times and this is I don't know if this is uh, this is my skepticism always coming in I don't know if it's a setup for us but he keeps constantly saying the scouting department for the Eagles is set up for superstardom of how much talent that they have in there now I don't know if that's a fishing line to go like hey uh, Joe Douglas is going to leave soon uh, which he is he totally is He's not going to be here next year. Yeah, I mean, year. You know, look, you would bet on it. He could be. He's He'll be get, gone after the draft. He's got a chance, very likely, to go somewhere and be the top guy. Why would he want to work on this? Right. Uh, and I think um, with that, though, there is, it always lies in between. Like, are they the best scouting department in the world? I. It's hard for me not to refute that at this point. I mean, they've hit on a lot of things in the last three years yeah it's hard to two say years. Look, this, that's a, that's one of those things we can't answer but you could say that over the last two years they've done a better job than any other team i think that's especially as we've talked about with with revamping 
the cornerback and wide receiver positions the way they did where they are now two massive strengths for this team as opposed to the two biggest weaknesses of almost any team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, they and then obviously the Wentz and the the development of quarterbacks and all the stuff they've done. I, yeah, I think at least for the last couple of years, you know, prior to that you could talk about all the Steelers, the Ravens, the, all the teams that for a long time have done a had infrastructure that has allowed them to draft well to to remain consistent for a really long time. Obviously, the Patriots, but I think the last two <laughs> Who years, they? yeah, right, yeah, they? They, they were the team that lost in the Super Bowl. Oh, um, right, 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 I think right. the last two years, though, you, uh, I think there's no question this Eagles front office has done the best job and put together the best roster. Of any team in the NFL. And it's evident because of the two guys we've been talking about the most in Stephen Lee's case, Shelton Gibson. I mean, you could have easily moved on from him last year. Be like, this guy doesn't have it. Um, but, and it's the same with Jordan Maialata, who's, you know, we're con- I want to see more than four snaps, or what was it, six, six snaps altogether uh, last game. But um, yeah, it's just. Um, th- between that and the coaching staff, they have the ability to f- f- feed, you know, Stoutland and uh, grow and uh, slash Gunter now and a-, a bunch of other guys that they can go really uh, get in there. All right, Stephen Lee's last key for this game. The weak side linebacker conundrum. Many would argue that this isn't a make or break battle. That the weak side linebacker position, while important, is not critical to the overall success of this defense. This might be true to an extent, but it's still an interesting situation heading into the third preseason game. Camus Grugier Hill, Nate Gary, and Corey Nelson are still stuck in a log jam with no clear cut indication as to who truly deserves to assume the starting role. Camus is easily the fan favorite and has impressed throughout the offseason, but he's still slightly undersized and might be more of a special teams aid than anything. Corey Nelson might be more tailor-made for the position, but hasn't managed to earn it five months after signing a contract with the team. Nate Gary, by all accounts, is extremely football smart, but can he put it together consistently on the field? This is a battle that will likely come down to the wire, but the most important game of the preseason should be a hefty factor in determining who cements themselves as a starter. So I know that's been a main focus here, and I, I just feel like at this point, Jim Schwartz should just audition... And, or question and error, I guess, <laughs> of of all the will linebacker candidates. So maybe, James, why don't you start? Be be Camo Grugier Hill. Pitch me. I'm Jim Schwartz. You tell me why you should play Will. Okay. I got this. All right. <clears throat> I got to get in character. Yeah. Method actor, oh. as you know. As you know. Okay. Coach, listen. I poured a Gatorade bath on Doug Peterson before that was cool. I carried him off the field. You had your kicker go out? Who's kicking for you, Coach? Who's kicking extra points in the NFL? What are we ta- we're talking about? Linebacker? Oh, I can do that too. So give me the job. Uh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Next. Hi, I'm Nate Gary. Uh, Jim, I want you to watch this short video. Look at it. This is me intercepting a ball, then handing it back to Josh Allen. Give me the job. Thank you very much. Nate, let me let me play with your hair because I like you a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but you just got this thing. Also, I don't give a shit. Next! Uh, hi, I'm Corey Nelson. Not very good. I got paid. Do you paid. even work here? <laughs> Not for much longer. Uh, I don't give a shit <laughs> about the Will linebacker position. Because I'm going to bring the heat. And I'm just... Hi, I'm Corey Graham. I'm the guy who's actually going to play Will Linebacker, even though it's not called Will Linebacker. Nice to see you guys. I'll see you later. Malcolm, you, you want to play some linebacker this year? <laughs> All right, you're in. Jordan? Jordan Maialata? You want to play some linebacker this year? <laughs> I think we can work out a couple of packages for you. I think but, we handled that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Kamu, and I think in rare occasions it's Nate Gary, but 
again, it's it's Jim. He really does love Nate Garrett. I don't know yeah, why. And I think Corey Nelson might not make this team, which is absolutely crazy at this point. The worst signing of the offseason, perhaps? The really? new Ruben Randall. <laughs> Sorry. Chris Givens in the house. <laughs> Who? Uh, well, uh, like I said, the Cleveland Browns are in the, the spotlight of the NFL, whether we like it or not. And unfortunately, we're recording this the night before. Uh, Hard Knocks Episode 3 comes out, so I'm sure there'll be a, a couple of surprises there. But uh, from Lockdown Browns, Mr. Jeff Lloyd joins us. Jeff, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, could be better, John. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, between Hard Knocks, between drafting a quarterback number one overall in the draft, um, it leads to having your team have four nationally televised preseason games. So, I mean, one in 31, sure. Throw them on national television every week. Why not? Yeah, why not? And uh, maybe, maybe we'll catch a glimpse of... Uh, the microphones might be loud while the, while these two teams are battling out in the third preseason game. So, uh, as Eagles fans, I'm sure we're we're hoping for maybe maybe a couple of little drops, uh, maybe a couple of scuffles and things like that. Overall assessment of the Browns because it's interesting that from the outside looking in, I look at this team and go, "Wow!" And everybody's been saying this for the while. The Browns have a lot of talent. They need something to kind of turn it around. They you know almost you get into a lot of like, "Hey, Carson Wentz." they still made out even though they passed up on him and yada 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 uh, what is your assessment of this team because when I turn on Hard Knocks and I see Hugh Jackson I it immediately makes me want to go okay this is no longer like a 7, 8, 9, 10 win team and they're going to still be hanging out in the 5, 6 range uh, from there but w- what are you thinking heading into the season so far um, well I mean what I stated the entire time is look I don't care if your last name is Belichick, Parcells or, or whatever, Lombardi. If you put together one in 31 over two years, you're gone. You absolutely had to be gone. Look, for whatever reason, I mean, the Haslam's, uh, I mean, Jimmy is a, a, a sound businessman and, you know, he doesn't piss away money. So, look, if he's getting paid, he's going to stick around, I guess. I guess that was the premise there. The pressure is definitely on now. The Haslam's, no, there, there's no more excuses. But what you did see is with the Todd Haley and with the Jarvis Landry, you know, guys who know this organization well telling you, no, this is the reputation we had of you guys. This is what, and, you know, and then Hugh, it's fine. They can take a day off. Joe Thomas is in the, in the building. So other than Joe Thomas, I can't even find a guy old enough to say he would need a veteran day off. So, you know, Howard Knox has kind of painted, kind of brought up the same old jokes, but I think the on-field product, I, I, you know, I don't think with this schedule you're going to talk in 9-10 wins. I just don't think NFC South, AFC West, Obviously, Pittsburgh twice a year. I mean, I think five, six would be a really good season. Um, but I don't even know if Hugh Jackson can screw up the amount of talent that is in that building right now. Well, don't say. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty confident that he could, uh, and that he's got to. If he's if he's given too much control, absolutely, he could burn it to the ground. But it, it, it's going to be interesting, though. Uh, it, 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 I really like what they've done. And, and the guys they're moving on from, most of it I'm kind of okay with because they've brought in better guys. The Corey Coleman one, that's always going to be an interesting one, though. Yeah, and uh, especially with the uh, the back and forth there right before the trade of just, you know, right in the beginning of that episode, you're going, well, of course they did. Now he's being asked to and wasn't uh, wasn't performing well enough for Todd Haley. But, um, you know, everybody's really focused on the, on the quarterbacks. Certainly, uh, I know Hugh Jackson kind of came out today and said that he's not going to give 
any reps to uh, Baker Mayfield with the ones. I know that uh, to both of us that kind of seems a little silly, but uh, the relationship between Tyrod and, and Baker looks very genuine. Uh, what is going to happen with this? Are they seriously uh, going to just let Baker sit on the bench for an entire year and stick with that plan, or do you think that there's, besides injury, an opportunity for him to get in there? I think there's going to be. Um, you saw versus the Giants. You saw how quickly he's grasped everything. And this was just strictly from play called stuff, you know, straight from the offensive coordinator into his helmet. You know, there was nothing of – you didn't really see a lot of the Oklahoma stuff where, you know, Baker got to the line of scrimmage and realized, you know, that you know a wide receiver had a seven-yard cushion. And Baker just, you know, gave him the wink and, look, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to whip it to you, and we'll see what happens from there. He's not really – He's not being able to unleash the Baker Mayfield of him, which is going to start to slowly come into play here. Um, Tyrod's looks really good, though. So, I mean, it, it makes every sense that, you know, Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of this team for the time being. Uh, you do wonder front office-wise, you know, I don't know if they're in any hurry with Baker Mayfield. Maybe they don't want, you know, to give their prized possession in Baker Mayfield to Hugh Jackson. Uh, everyone in the building last year told Hugh Jackson, Deshaun Kaiser's not ready. Don't do it. He's not ready. I don't care if you saw a couple of wow throws in the preseason. He's not ready. We have veterans here to do this. Q went ahead and did it anyway. I'm not sure if John Dorsey is ready to hand over, you know, because Baker Mayfield is John Dorsey's future as well. I'm not sure if he's ready to hand over his future as well, you know, his future ticket in Cleveland to Hugh Jackson just yet. So, I mean, everybody who keeps asking Hugh this, I'm not sure it's going to be Hugh's call. I think it may come down to a point where, you know, if Tyrod hits a little bit of a rough stretch, and they know Baker knows the playbook, and he knows all 1,000 pages inside and out, knows audibles, everything, You know that maybe it's time to do it. But there's no need to rush it yet. There is plenty of talent here now, especially with Josh Gordon back in the building, where this team should be able to succeed with a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Thursday night, we're also going to see our uh, our favorite ex Eagle, Michael Kendricks, who's freshly new in uh, in the Cleveland Brown. There, uh, to me, it's a little interesting that they have him in a kind of a backup role, playing middle linebacker spots. Uh, you know, you're obviously not going to move uh, Kirksey from the University of Iowa, who's one of my one of my dearest alma mater guys, playing uh, playing the weak side there. What's your take on on Kendricks and his role? Being in Cleveland now, because uh, the uh, the the middle linebacker thing is a little surprising to me. Um, he's not getting as much run on hard knocks as he probably should have, because you can see already, you know, he's he's coming from a different level. Obviously, coming from a Super Bowl champion. I mean, literally. I mean, you know, he's the complete opposite of George and Wheezy. You know, he went from the penthouse to the outhouse. <laughs> um, but playing a hundred million miles an hour. Um, now going into week three, I was shocked after week one against the Giants that he was still on the second team. Now we're going into week three, he is still on the second team. Um, you know, Joe Schobert, you know, led the league in tackles last year, went to a Pro Bowl. Um, the interesting one is going to be, obviously, uh, you know, Jamie Collins. Browns fans never really got to see the player Jamie Collins was as a New England Patriot. So you wonder in that respect, but I mean, Michael Kendricks is firing off the ball. Hundred million million miles an hour, reading the gaps and making plays. Um, if something doesn't change, they're going to have a really, really good linebacking core. But you know, I, I think at the end of the day, when you're going to go back, you know, after week one of the regular season and count linebacker reps, I think you might find four guys, and they could be you know pretty evenly distributed. Makes a lot of sense, and uh, yeah, again, uh, they they do like the uh, the double A blitz, and seen a couple of those uh, with Kendricks heading into it as well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right, exactly right. I I also want to bring you on too because 
I don't know. I mean, your brand is blowing up in Philadelphia. Nate Sudfeld has been the talk <laughs> of the town. I mean, basically since week 17 of, uh, of uh, you know, the, the previous season here. But, you know, I don't know if you heard the Eagles won the Super Bowl and then it kind of went away a little bit. But getting all the reps, people love him. Uh, you and I have had conversations on Twitter going back and forth of, you know, I mean, he was made to the active roster and they protected him from going to the Colts last year. And now he's being billed as this. You're going to be the backup quarterback and they see him as a starter. You are on this thing from the get go, I think, from the draft class. And you were you stood alone and you, sir, you deserve a tip of the cap here. What did you love so much about Nate Sudfeld? I, I think the thing was, is you know, kind of had the stones to make the big throw. Um, you know, you see so many times with these reserved quarterbacks, you know, they're looking for the wide open guy. And look, if you're looking for the wide open guy in the NFL, just get out of here. Like, I, I remember the stories of Peyton Manning after his first year going home to his dad. Nobody's ever open. And he's like, oh, son, they're open. <laughs> but you've only got like the tiniest of windows to do it. And if you saw anything with New England, and uh, I, I think it was Michael Kist who put it up. I mean, he was just dropping balls into the perfect spot. You got to have stones to it. And look, you know, guys will try to do it. And if you can't do it, you're gone. But I mean, Sunfield just plays that way. I mean, it's obviously a football family. I mean, he's competed his entire life. Obviously, had a brother who played in, you know, uh, you know, as a tight end in the league. So I, I just, I just always kind of like the cut of his jib. And the thing was, is he always kind of looked pretty good, even though they were getting their rear ends kicked every week. So he's just kind of that guy. And look, I mean, you know, Nick Foles obviously has, has got himself to the point where he's a pretty hot commodity. Um, they know who the future is in Philadelphia. So, I mean, you don't need two of them. I mean, you know, you, you figure usually the law averages are now you're going to have Carson Wentz for the next six, seven years pretty much. So, I mean, yeah, move on. And, you know, why not? I mean, you know, obviously every Eagle right now is loved regardless of what they've done. But, you know, there's no reason, when you, you know, to have three when you only need two. Certainly right on that. And uh, just uh, judging by what we'll probably see uh, on Thursday night here is, uh, one, is Josh Gordon going to go? And if so, how many snaps? And what do you make of Antonio Callaway? Because that's somebody that we kind of interviewed uh, in the offseason. Uh, you know, Hard Knocks explained the, the weed situation or what what is and what wasn't or whatever. But um, what do you make of the, the two speedsters next to uh, Jarvis Landry and the less, rest of this uh, wide receiving core now that Corey Coleman's gone? I, I, Josh Gordon still cannot practice because uh, the problem is once you're in the substance abuse program, if you take a leave of absence like Josh Gordon did, uh, apparently he has like a counselor who you know basically meets with Josh Gordon and then goes back to the league and says, look, Josh Gordon, it's okay. He's good to go. Um, he, I mean, he's, this, this is the thing, and this is kind of what, you know, a lot of Browns fans didn't like it, but I, I grew really aggravated over the last week or so with Josh Gordon. Look, it's okay maybe if you want to escape hard knocks or whatever, but, like, look, I mean, you know, Josh Gordon is last chance you, basically. So, I mean, we've got a new offensive system going in. You've got a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor who's a solid veteran brought in here. Josh played with dog doo-doo at the position for all the years he was here. You've got Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick here. Um, now wasn't the time. I mean, now is the time you should feel pretty comfortable. And I had said to everybody, and, you know, some fans were not happy with it, he needs to be in this building by Sunday. Granted, he showed up Saturday. Of course, that's the one Saturday I take off to myself and I find out about it probably about five <laughs> hours after the fact. Always how it works, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know, look, he's back now. There's no way he's going to play this way. I mean, you know, he'd be in a way three weeks. There's no way he was going to play in this Thursday night game. I, I, even if he was ready to go, it's just foolish to do because you can't, 
regardless of the Instagram videos from the University of Florida where apparently is doing everything, you're never going to replicate live NFL games, even practices enough to get yourself out on the field. And week one is 10 times more important. Um, Antonio Callaway, uh, a little dinged up, a little bit of a groin thing. Um, he didn't practice today. So if he didn't practice today, you know, why should he play Thursday? I think the biggest thing right now is making sure you're going to get a Jarvis Landry out there. You're going to have, and you're going to have Josh Gordon and you're going to have, um, Rashard Higgins and you have David Njoku, you have Duke Johnson, you have the running backs. They, they are eventually going to have an embarrassment of riches at the position, but there's no reason to force anything right now. And, you know, with obviously the Cali with a groin injury, Two, you know, two years away from the game, you know, it, the groin injury could take a little longer to heal, you know, to get back to 100%. You don't want a young guy to push himself because he knows he's got the world, you know, he's got to prove to the world he's not the same stupid kid he was. But, of course, he could stop making the stupid mistakes to have to prove all of this. You know, get him ready. And if you want to give him 10, 15 reps a week four as the number one wide receiver, because if Josh Gordon's playing in week one, Antonio Callaway in the wide receiver core, from what he's shown to this point, is probably the fourth option. So there's no reason to rush it. Just give it time and start to marinate him into it. Well, don't uh, don't take away my uh, my boy Jeff Janis' snaps just yet. I don't. Right? I don't. I don't know if Jeff Janis <laughs> is going to make this team. I nor should he. No, nor should he. Yeah, yeah. He and is, and uh, everybody. Oh well, he's really good at covering punts. Yeah. We're one in thirty-one. Let's get ball players first. <laughs> We've got nine hundred and seventy-five quarterbacks on this Browns roster. One of them can cover punts. We, you know, I, I, it's amazing I, how people hold on to anything. It happens all the time. Listen, I'm exactly. I'm, I'm just as guilty of it for some you know stupid reason for play number 49 on the roster and uh that's what that's what makes football great honestly so that is uh well, when oh you're yeah, 31 the last thing you're concerned about is who your punt gunner is <laughs> that's the last hey, man. thing you're concerned about yeah listen we uh, we hung on to uh henry josie and moved uh, to uh, the plethora of others uh for the same thing i think uh you know uh, Raseem mosert who's still in san francisco kicking around too i'm, so, I'm sure there's still people that would uh, oh, want him on a super bowl roster remember so. the old giants guy renee thompson oh yeah, yes fantastic yes i mean guys can have 10 years doing it but when you're one in 31 no you need every possible talented positional player and look you'll find you tell your special teams coach, all right, well, here's the list of 10 guys you got, dude. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's crazy that, you know, I'm opening up the depth chart here and saying, like, this team shouldn't be this bad. It's just you're going like, man, the, the you know, the secondary is still kind of a little bit up in the air, but that's why Randall's here. You have a, a fantastic front seven. You got two quarterbacks that are going to be very competent, just like you said, and Njoku is – uh, you know, he was one of my favorite guys coming out of that class, and you're going like, "What? The, well, let's put it all together here." Jarvis Landry's going to catch, you know, eighty to ninety balls. Let's let's rock and roll. So, for the sake of Cleveland, uh, I hope that uh, there's something fun to cover, and of course, there'll be drama and all the stuff uh, that uh, we love as football fans. Anyway, so uh, Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns for more information on uh, on the Eagles' opponent for the preseason, which again, I, I know it sounds like a silly thing, but uh, Jeff does great work and should go listen to. Uh, uh, all the stuff that he has throughout the season. Jeff, we appreciate you joining on, man. Thank you so much. And no problem at all, John. Uh, keep up the great work. And, uh, you know, one time we'll sit down, maybe break some bread, and let me tell uh, you can tell me all about what covering a Super Bowl champion is like. <laughs> that sounds great. It's coming. I promise it's coming. Uh, maybe not this <laughs> year, but uh, Jeff Lloyd from uh, Lockdown Brown. The, the, still, the most interesting thing to me Michael Kendricks is playing middle linebacker as a backup and playing really well. How about that? 
Who knew? Who knew that? Well, we'll see. Until Just, until the br- lights are bright and Michael's out there playing a lot of snaps and playing well. It's going to be nice to see him. Uh, sure. He looks weird and hey, in brown. He but. won us. He was part of a team that won us a Super Bowl. We're good. That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> All right, let's get to some questions once again at Go Birds Pod. Who this is from uh, Papa XC Four. Who has been the uh, uh, the breakout candidate on the defensive side? Uh, we know Shelton Gibson has broken out offensively, but who has st- stood out most in camp and preseason defensively that could earn a spot on the fifty three? Man, that's a good question. Because uh, yeah, we're not a fifty-three man like cut guy, but we talked about Darby already as one guy who has stood out. Obviously, more of a starter type guy. But I, um, I uh, the only guy that's really stood out to me that might be on the bubble looking in is Josh Sweat. Yeah, the that most. was a name I thought you were going to say. Sweat, Sweat, as uh, we've covered before. But yeah, I mean, like Darby is it, it definitely fits in that breakout category. You know, it's one name that's missing from this that I'm a, a tiny bit worried about: Derek Barnett. Like haven't it's heard, just, haven't it's, heard enough, DB. It's just been okay, and his snaps have just been okay. Uh, again, what I, will I reserve say, all judgment to yes. the regular season, but it's just been okay. The only, the, my only worry with Derek Barnett, and and I do think that this year, I think he's going to be really good, and I do think long term he's going to be a, a real legit asset at that position. But um, look, rookie year, you play a lot more football than you ever have in your life. Stayed healthy all year, played a fair amount of snaps, and plays deep into February. So uh, the, my only worry is him getting back in shape and ready to play football and go back out there. That might take a little more time for him to get really where he needs to be from a conditioning perspective and all that. Who knows? Uh, again, I believe that I'm not going to worry too much about training camp, about preseason. I think Derek Barnett is going to have a big year for this team. But my only worry is a long season last year after you know coming in as a rookie, you don't play that many games. Whatever. And he was dinged up too. I mean, a lot of the time you heard Jim Schwartzen uh, heading into, or no, it was after the Super Bowl, just saying, you know, I... Didn't well, think he had that, the surgery right after yeah, season two. I didn't think that Barnett was going to be ready and make it for on Wednesday, and then suddenly he'd be ready to rock and roll, uh, kind of there on Sunday. This is coming from uh, Joe G. Philly Philly at Joe Julia, huh? Yeah, look at that at Joe G. Forty one thirty three, which is uh, an excellent handle. Players who have disappointed you the most on offense and defense, James Seltzer. Ooh. Uh, I think that's a really good question. Uh, look, I think uh, I think Mac. What we've seen from him, he's been injured a lot, but just kind of the disappointing camp. I think this was an opportunity for Mac, and and again, this might be a thing where the coaches just don't need to see it from him. But this was a spot with Alshon, you know, potentially missing a game to whatever it is, a spot where we all kind of hope Mac Collins was going to come in and say, "Yeah, I could do this. I'm I'm your new Alshon Jeffrey. I'm your future Alshon Jeffrey. Whatever." And we haven't seen it yet. And I, I think that, again, while part of it's been injury, um, the the play we have seen has not been as great as we would like it to be. So for me, on the offensive side, I think Matt Collins is a name that stands out to me from that perspective. On the defensive side of the ball, um, I, like there's no one that, that sticks out that much well, to I'll me. I'll take that one. Good. Take the defensive I'm, one. I'm, Outside I'm, of Corey Nelson, who, who <laughs> we didn't have high expectations for, but has clearly under, underperformed. severely disappointed that Razul Douglas is not. Yeah. That's a fair one. Close to the guy. Like, I didn't expect him to just walk into camp with his, you know, big dick swinging and the, the trash talking. And all. I just, I want him to be good so badly that I think I maybe even overanalyze and maybe overcriticize. And a lot of people do, too, like during the first couple of preseason games. But he's been solid. It's just been I have an expectation of him to be even better. And maybe it's just going to take him a little more time. Again, I'm I'm not really sure, but 
Um, that's uh, that's one guy, I guess, on the defensive side I've been pretty disappointed with. Uh, this is from our good friend uh, Gary Scottish Eagle at Gary DG7. If Howie's going to Howie, uh, who do you speculate he might go after in position of need? You know, who would uh, you like to realistically come here? Real quick. And what do you think it takes to get done? Fun thing. They don't have a position in need. So that's kind of a beautiful <laughs> thing know, about this. Yeah. I mean, like, he's a position in need. Nice. I'm like, what? I don't know. Like, Will Linebacker, we just talked about not even caring about that position. So um, it's a fun question, but I don't think position need that needs to be added to it. It's just a, how could you see Howie going out and upgrading? What could you make stronger? Right. And yeah. I think the obvious name out there, and I don't think it's going to happen, but we talked about it last time. I think if you're looking at one superstar right now who theoretically could be on the move it's Khalil Mack yeah certainly I don't think the Raiders even even though John Gruden hasn't picked up the phone and talked to him uh they're they're not gonna move him and even if they do they're gonna ask for the sun and the stars right I mean they're stupid never say never never say never so stupid what do you think about um I think D tackle is Certainly another one if I just knocked off my own headphones. Uh, it's, See, it's, they never would have known if you hadn't just, said it, John. I, you could have kept be honest with them. They keep sliding down. <laughs> this is madness. Uh, defensive tackle is another one, but I don't know of uh, another. I don't know the opportunity is there. Yeah, I don't know who you go out and get. Unless, I mean, the Rams keep not continuing to pay for Aaron Donald. Uh, it, uh, it's one of the weirdest <laughs> storylines of, of the offseason is the Rams just shelling out cash to Rob Haverstein and and bringing Brandon Cooks in and bringing all these guys in and Cooks a long-term deal, all that stuff. And then they're like, hey, we got the best defensive player in the NFL. Go fuck yourself, Aaron Donald. <laughs> Suck it. We don't like you. There was even, for like the last two days, it's they, didn't insane even, to me. they didn't even think, uh, what's the guard's name again? Rob Haverstein. Yeah, Rob Haverstein was, some, I was, I literally was reading an article before that saying, he might not be there after this year. They're going to move on from him because, you know, and then boom. Boom. What do you think of that? Good job. I mean, the Rams. It's almost like they're doing it just to, like, to spite Aaron Donald. Like, they're I, like, I hey, we got money. We just don't want to give it to you, bro. You like that? Like, what did he do? That's I, what I want to know. It's a great question. Other than be defensive player of the year? Is that what you're asking? What did he do? Yeah. Other than that, got Other it. Yes, that. got it, got it, got it. This is, just, this is less being less here. That's what I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Tommy J, any players... Uh, that you expect a significant improvement slash decline from this year. Mm, 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 mm. Well, Ronald Darby, I think, compared to what Eagles yeah, fans definitely. have seen. You know, the Ronald Darby you saw in half a season last year coming back from the injury in the Super Bowl, that the Ronald Darby you'll see this year will be a significant improvement over that guy. I was going to say Fletcher Cox in the way that I just feel he's going to have a lot more sacks this year than we're used to. So I think the production of that is is going to come. I don't know if that's going to look like a significant improvement on the field, but uh, I kind of I feel like Fletch is ready to kind of shine bright here. Ooh, I'm ready for that. I like It'll that. Pretty you can't fun get much here. better than the way he plays. That's a good thing. Uh, James Seltzer, did you also know, uh, <laughs> I tweeted this out yesterday, but Lane Johnson's first job in high school was a grave digger? Real quick. <laughs> is this like the I fought a bear thing or is this real? Is I don't think saying? so. I mean, no, everything I'm kidding, else is, I'm is is lined up here. My first job was favorite movie. My first job was at a bagel shop. So it's a little different. Kind of different. I was mopping floors. What He's digging making? graves. What were you making at the bagel shop? Oh my God. $10 an hour? No, $8 an hour. Excuse me. $8 an hour. I was 14. So I had to get, I had to get, so John, I had to get. I had to get working papers. I had to like go oh, to yeah. my school and get my school. Oh, let I know, me get I know work. how this yeah, works. Yeah. yeah. $8 an hour was what I made. I think whatever the, let's put it this way. Whatever oh minimum, God. whatever minimum wage was in 1995, 
That's what I was making. Well, let's make the title uh, for this. It's probably less than eight dollars. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> way less. Yeah, I was saying it's way less. Than, I was going to say it's been a long time, Johnny. Like, you're it's like twenty years for me. All right, twenty-two years. Slightly older than I am, and I remember my first job was working at an, uh, a tree nursery for five fifteen an hour. Okay, then that's what I was making. Whatever, uh, whatever minimum wage was. The the twenty-two years since have have made me yeah. forget what I made at the bagel shop. I'm sorry about. You know that, that was one of the, that's still like top five worst jobs of all time. Sitting with a hose with four acres of trees, and oh, they just God. go, yeah, water them all down. Well, I feel like it'd be the <laughs> I feel like it'd be the kind of job that like now would be so much better than then because now we have iPods and all this stuff to right. you know iPhones and all this stuff to listen to. Whereas back then, and a Walkman. That's what yeah, a CD that's what player. I mean. Exactly a CD. Remember trying to like run with a CD Jesus, player and it, it was skips. The worst. It was the worst. So I feel like that's a job that obviously never fun to just stand there with a hose and whatever. But I think it's got to be more fun if you can listen to what you want to listen to. But we can't call Lane Johnson anything else now. He's, oh, he's the, the grave, grave digger. digger. Yeah, right. I mean that's such a badass nickname. Yeah, I mean come on. <laughs> this uh, come on. this event is scheduled for one fall. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and now you have. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Bodacious Brandon Brooks with the grave digger man. Lane Johnson. That's good, a pretty good combo. Man and the mummer. I mean, we get, we got it yeah. going on here. So I think uh, hashtag my first job uh, uh, at Go Birds yeah. Pod at James Seltzer at John Bartrand because I'm always curious. Me too. I think that was yeah. Like I said, that's top five worst job, and then also. Uh, overnight janitor was definitely something not I Not a great one. Wow. Not a great one. Cleaning out grocery stores Ooh. and uh, toilets. <laughs> Employee toilets. I did, I did some not moving. Great. Being a mover is a- That's a, a bitch. That is a real deal tough yeah. job, man. That's every day you go in and you're just carrying shit. Yeah. And it's just, it is it is tough. It is a tough, hard-working job. I uh, worked for a Russian moving company in Los Angeles. Ooh. I mean, they are stingy. I had to book the appointments and- Go to the jobs. Yeah, the I had, when I and there was one a of quota. the one of the sales jobs I was in, they made me be the sales guy and the collector. So it was like I'm God. trying, to like I'm like trying to make these people my friends and sell them products. And it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you owe us money. Pay me, bitch. Like, what, am I, what is that? It's like opposite. It's like you can't do one and then the other. What What happened here? I thought I was. I thought I was getting paid. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot how this works. But I was supposed to be selling you. Yeah, not wanting to beat you up so I can get my money. All right. <laughs> Uh, James Seltzer, final thoughts on Eagles, what you're looking for, the Browns. I got, so last week when we did the preview pod for the uh, New England Patriots game, we did a lot of how very likely Patriots players were coming up to Lane Johnson saying, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lane. (laughs) Thanks, man. Um, I think that's going to happen even more this week, except with one person to another person. Is it? I think I know what you're going to say. I want Carson Wentz to walk across that field, (laughs) give Hugh Jackson a big bear hug and go, man. Thank you, man. Oh my, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Thank you. I'll hold wet balls all the time. Show you what I could do with them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I fucking love you, man. You are my fucking hero. I will get. Yeah, and Carson Wentz, he never curses. He's cursing you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you fucking no, great, he, beautiful no, he man. Just, he says, you gosh darn Gosh hacker. dang beautiful person. I love you, Hugh Jackson. Thank you, sir. That's all I want to say. I think he actually, uh, much like uh, Remember the Titans, when uh, Coach Boone throws him a banana and it just you know just stares him down, <laughs> I think I think that Carson Wentz takes a bucket of water and a football and dunks and just hey Coach and just throws, throws it to it him. Throws it to I love that too. I love that, that too. Was, that a signed a signed ball signs the ball dunks it throws it to him says thanks Coach a little souvenir <laughs> for you good looking out bro. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, I'm adding this in after uh, James left here because 
I just realized that there was excerpts of Doug Peterson's book that just came out, and this one's a whopper. This is from uh, Arif Hassan, uh, who's now over at The Athletic, via uh, Vito Stellino. <laughs> I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but um, I'll just quote Vito here. In his new book, Fearless, Doug Peterson says he was watching the Pats-Jags game in the locker room before the Eagles played the Vikes when the Jags took a knee at the end of the first half. Quote, I was thinking there, you've got to be kidding me right now. It made me mad because Jacksonville had New England right where they wanted them. I was screaming at the TV in my office when they knelt down before halftime. Inside, I was like, I'll never do that. It fueled me, Peterson said. They could have tried it least a field goal they could have taken it out of their quarterback's hands and they didn't even get to their big back Leonard Fournette I thought if they lose this game this is why and sure enough they would go on to lose the game sure enough Eagles get the ball with 29 seconds left in the first half and three timeouts they complete three passes and got a field goal that's how I wanted to play the last minute of the first half with aggressive mentality Peterson said so uh, thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Coach of the Year Doug Marone for inspiring a Super Bowl win here in Philadelphia. Post game show coming uh, right after the whistle because uh, it's a it's an important one because the starters are actually going to play. Uh, we will react to it right here and again uh, all your questions and uh, things of that sort at Go Birds Pod at John Barchard at James Seltzer and of course hey we're on Facebook now. Uh, Facebook.com slash GoBirdsWIP, which is there. And, of course, uh, rate, subscribe, review on iTunes. Five-star reviews go a very long way, and we always appreciate the support no matter where you are. And thank you for listening to GoBirds number six uh, with Jeff Jeff L.J. Lloyd, uh, Stephen Lee. I'm John Barcher. That's James Seltzer. We'll see you next time. GoBirds. GoBirds. Podcast. A radio.com podcast.